Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast. With me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. I did everything before I leave. I need to find that bag on my voice. Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny, so why doesn't everyone else think we're really funny? It's been the longest year ever, hasn't it? She's the most relaxed captain you've ever known. <laughs> you got me through my flight from Mackay to Adelaide, so thank you very much. Well, my dog is now called Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change the team. Yeah. Sophie Eccleston's the worst. Like having a child with you when she's on tour. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows I'm a little bit stupid. It's been a great week of cricket, Paul. Yeah, it really has. It's been... I'm trying to think what's happened. Oh, we had uh, the finals day for the County Champs. On Sunday, yes. Yeah. Um, we've had fair break. Mm-hmm. There's been some more warm-up games. Yeah, there's been quite a lot because, in fact, tomorrow, when this podcast goes out, it's Saturday, uh, the Charlotte Edwards Cup starts. That's so exciting. It is really, really exciting. Um, so it's like... We've been waiting for this season for a while, but it's actually come around really fast. Yes. yes. Um, which is quite crazy. But yeah, I'm really excited. So yeah, there were four games happening on sa- Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, so yeah, I think Lightning are playing Diamonds at Loughborough. This is all off the top of my head, so okay. Uh, this information could be. Don't incorrect. book any travel plans based on what Polly's <laughs> about to tell um, you. I know Western Storm are playing Central Sparks at Sapphire Gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, it's Vipers versus Thunder at Hove, maybe? Mm-hmm. And Sunrisers versus Stars. I'm not entirely sure. I think maybe Chelmsford. I don't know. But um, I think there are teams playing. <laughs> Haven't done my research, clearly. Um, but that's really good. And it's interesting you say those venues. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about Chester Broughton Hall mm-hmm. and places like that yeah. anymore, are we? These are no. these are major test mm-hmm. venues yeah. in the case of Spire yeah. Gardens, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's really good to see. And I think pretty much across the board, um, I know certainly for Sparks and Thunder, a lot of their home fixtures are at the big ground. So Sparks is new road in Edgbaston for all of them. Um, and Thunder, I know, are playing a lot at Old Trafford. Um, I think Diamond's playing at Headingley a few times. Um, and I would imagine, you know, Vi- Vipers at Hove and storm are playing at their various venues across so it, it is really good to see because i suppose yeah last year and i mean you, you look at the county championship as well that it's mostly club grounds that they're mm-hmm. playing at um so yeah i suppose this gives people the experience of playing in a big stadium um and even if they're not packed out um it's still those quality pitches and things like that which is so so important that makes all the difference, doesn't yeah. it? And, and then you look at the skill development that's mm-hmm. going to come from that yeah. as well. I, I think yeah. that's really, really important step for the women's game. Yeah. Um, so should we chat about the camp champs a bit? Yes, you were there all day on Sunday. I was there all day. Um, got a tiny bit more sunburn, even though I did put sun cream on, so a bit of a rip-off. Um, but no, the first game was between Warwickshire and Gloucestershire. So it's almost like a repeat of last Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warwickshire won quite comfortably as expected um, and then the next game was between Somerset and Wales to see because they uh, came second and third in the group so it was to see who was going through to the final against Warwickshire um, and Somerset won that. I was quite um, it was the, the interesting matchup there because 
Um, in the first round of the counter championship, Warwickshire actually lost to Wales, I think in the very first match. Mm-hmm. So you were thinking, okay, so Wales can beat Warwickshire, but Warwickshire beat Somerset twice. So actually how would that match or what? But then Somerset ended up winning. Um, and then obviously it was Somerset versus Warwickshire in the final, um, which I was kind of, I went into the into the day thinking, I'm going to see Warwickshire win. They're going to take the title. It's going yeah. to be great. But then when the game started, I was like, actually, I'm not so sure. Um, because, yeah, the batting at the top order of, for Warwickshire wasn't, it wasn't what it was like the last couple of weeks. Um I mean, Eve Jones was missing for a start. I think she was at wedding. Um, and Marie Kelly didn't go... Like, she um, she got out after only a few runs. Similarly, I think Lizzie Wong... Um, what did she have first ball, Marie Kelly? Didn't she sky one? Yes. Very first ball. I'm trying to remember if, was, if the first game... Or, if, if oh, in you the were second, there, if you the were there in the second game, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was a bit worried, um, but incredible from Bethany Ellis and Rhea Fackrell who just worked so hard at the end to to um get Warwickshire over the line in fact I wanted to bring something up about that county championship because I walked in fact I walked all the way home from it um but I was thinking about this on the way back because it actually kind of made me a bit upset because in must have been like the second to last over um a player from Somerset called Neve Holland was uh, bowling bearing in mind she's like a couple months younger than me mm-hmm. so she's turned 17 two months ago I think mm-hmm. I think roughly's in March and um she bowled a no ball mm-hmm. the umpire did not give her a no ball but regardless it was whack for six mm-hmm. so actually you would have got seven and a free hit but mm-hmm. in the context of the game it really didn't matter however a very arrogant opinionated man who was sat behind well not directly behind me like slightly to my left um which you always find that one person at cricket games this is something I've noticed I don't think I've ever been to a game when there isn't that one person who's speaking really loudly to the people around them or speaking on the phone really loudly it's just something you find and he started yelling saying like it's a no ball it's a no ball shouting at the umpire that was a rubbish ball all this stuff and I'm like Okay, it's all good to have an opinion. I mean, in my opinion, yes, it was a noble. However, I didn't feel the need to firstly hurl abuse at the umpire. But secondly, you think about the 17-year-old girl who was bowling that ball. How's that actually going to make her feel? Because I would feel rubbish. And then the next ball, um, I think she bowled a wide and he just yelled straight, that was a wide, awful ball or that. It's like... Firstly, your team are losing, so that's not a great feeling. Secondly, there's so much pressure bowling in those last overs. Um, and she is so young. She hasn't had tons of match experience, but also she's quite impressionable. And actually, that's something I hope she doesn't remember it sort of thing. But actually, if I was in that position, I think that is something that would stick with me. I just, I think as a spectator at a sporting event, you've got to have some sort of awareness and appreciation <laughs> of the impact you have mm. on everyone around you. Yeah. Primarily other spectators, actually. Yeah. Because um, this person was mouthing off quite a lot, quite loudly, <laughs> yeah. for everyone to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I we have, we chat during yeah. the game, but uh, we chat in a way that we can hear each other, but other people yeah. tend not to hear yeah. it. And our, hear our topics of conversation are quite nice and we don't, 
abuse the players. Well, as a general rule, yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe I'm just not passionate enough yeah, about it. Yeah, you're not a passionate uh, fan. Um, uh, but generally, I, that's that's how I operate. Mm-hmm. I know, but I understand uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of sporting events. Yeah. If if a venue, let's say for the hundred, was yeah. full of people like me, mm-hmm. it'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, there'd be no atmosphere. Yeah. Because I'm happy to sit there and watch it. So I'm, mm-hmm. I think making noise and shouting is fine. Yeah, I think it's good to like encourage and cheer. Like, I'll do that, I'll clap or whatever. But, but yeah, that's that's yeah. the key word, isn't it? It's got to be encouraging. It's yeah. got to be positive. And I think there yeah. was just something slightly negative about it. It's what, yeah. one person. Okay, one it's person. one person. We won't, we won't generalise based on one person. But yeah. um, <laughs> if you're listening to the pod, then, um, and you know who you are. Yeah, I really wanted to confront you, but... I didn't want to get into a fight. To be fair, I probably could have beaten that. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> violence yeah. is not the answer. Violence is not the answer. Yeah, I just thought it would be a bit humiliating. I got into some sort of confrontation. I would believe that a fight. Anyway, the point is, Warwickshire won, so it's all good. Yes, which was amazing. I yeah. had to actually leave mm-hmm. um, with about 30, 35 minutes to go. Yeah. And I would just assume that like, Warwickshire <laughs> were losing because they, yeah. at that point they were going to lose. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really did well to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was very good. Um, so the other teams which won, so Lancashire won. Emma Lamb got a Pfeiffer. That's amazing, isn't incredible. it? incredible. Um, so I think, in fact, so Alex Hartley in one of the, I think the first game got the best ever figures for Lancashire and then Emma Lamb took it in the last game. Um, not even as a bowler, as kind of all-rounder, but predominantly batter. But um, yeah, um, Suffolk, Worcestershire, Middlesex, Devon, Sussex and Leicestershire also won their groups. Well done, um, you counties. So yeah, um, pretty good. I mean, I think the only thing I would say, because there are so many groups, mm-hmm. I kind of only stayed up to date with like Worcestershire, Warwickshire, and Lancashire's groups mm-hmm. um, kind of abandoned the South, but <laughs> honestly, I don't, I don't regret that. <laughs> so yes, so it's an interesting competition, isn't mm-hmm. it, the Cash Championship, and, and what role it plays. And you know, if Red Bull cricket were to come into the women's yeah. game, what slot that would take, and whether mm-hmm. that would have a part to play in that, I, I yeah. don't know, I don't know. But I sense there's going to be a, a change afoot for the County mm-hmm. Championship in the future. Yeah. Um, so should chat a bit about domestic stuff ahead of Charlotte Edwards Cup. Um, so there's a few bits of news, a few late changes. Mm-hmm. Did we mention about Lee Kasprick signing uh, for Northern Diamonds? We've not mentioned that, but you just have. <gasps> yeah, well, she signed for Northern Diamonds. And also um, Yvonne Graves, who played for Lightning. She's got a twin sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and they now play for separate teams. Okay. So that'll be interesting to see. Although, when there was the warm-up game, she was on the team sheet for both teams. Well, who knows? So, maybe she did play for both maybe teams. Maybe she did. <laughs> no one will ever know. Oh, that's actually such a good point. That's fun. Um, and uh, Piper Cleary has moved from Thunder to uh, Lightning. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of, it makes a lot of sense. Um, in fact, I was listening to How's That the Cricket podcast with our mate Lily, yes. and she did an interview with uh, Piper yeah, for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. And she was saying kind of the explanation that I expected that it was just too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's living in Loughborough, so it makes sense to play for Lightning. Um, and in fact, I think, so Sachi Pai, who played for Lightning, she played for a couple of years there, she's moved to Thunder, and then Piper's. Okay. So it's kind of a bit of a swap, so it makes sense. 
Um, and also the other change, which is only for the Charlotte Edwards Cup, is that Chloe Hill from Spark is going to the, going to the Vipers. Um, but I think she's going to be back for Rachel Hayer Flint. Okay. Sparks. Um, which it does make sense because um, when I was, uh, I decided to write out the team list because, you know, why not <clears throat> in an exam? Um, but I realised that Sparks have a very large amount of wicket keepers. Mm. I think four or five, maybe. They've, they've got a lot. And so obviously, when Amy Jones is there, I presume she'll be doing the keeping. Yes. If not, it would be Gwen Davis. Um, and so actually, how many opportunities is Chloe going to get to keep? Mm. Um, but with Vipers, I think we've got Carla Rudd. I don't know if they have anyone else that regularly keeps, but it makes sense because she's more likely to be able to to um, get game time keeping there. Yeah. Um, so that's really good because um, she played very, very well in um, the county stuff for Worcestershire. She captained the side. So, yeah, um, sad to see her go from Sparks, but obviously she's back for Rachel Hayflin, I think. So that should be all good. Um, I think that's everything for regional stuff. But fair break. Good old fair break. Been enjoying watching that on the telly. Yeah. So semi-finalists are confirmed. Yes. Um, so oh, I could try and remember this off the top of my head. So you've got Spirit, mm-hmm. we've got Falcons, mm-hmm. tornadoes, tornadoes, and Barmy Army, I yep. think. I think they're in the final, mm-hmm. the semi-finals. I could be wrong. Um, but some standout performances. Babette Delead yeah. yesterday, incredible. Five stumpings. It was against the Barmy Army, which is a bit disappointing, but just incredible. I don't think I've ever come across that before. No. It's, it's really... See, I was thinking about this because... Obviously, if someone gets five there, they get to keep the ball. <laughs> if you like to hit five stumpings, do you get to keep the stumps? That, well, that'd be good. Or a bail, at least. Yeah, or something. Um, take some memorabilia from it. Um, <laughs> no, because I, I would want to take something. Um, Grace Harris and Sophie Eccleston both got fifers, which was amazing. Brilliant. Um, I so enjoyed watching Sophie Eccleston's post-match interview. <laughs> I felt like it needed subtitles. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing about Fair Break, obviously like every I don't think any two people have the same accent. <laughs> and so Sophie Eccleston just adds to that. Um she also speaks at like times three speed, which I, I actually can understand it. I quite like it, but I can imagine if your first language is not English, it would probably sound like gibberish. It's like you know when you do like a French listening test or or fr- no, the worst is if you listen to someone speaking Spanish, they mm. speak so, so fast. That's like a non-English speaker <laughs> listening to Sophie Eccleston speak. <laughs> um, but I, I did we mention this when uh, Heather Knight got paired the match, but the fact that if you get paired the match, you get a smartwatch. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is Heather Knight going to do with a smartwatch? Like, she probably, firstly, probably has one. Secondly, could definitely afford one. Like, she's captain of England. And like I, I don't know, I suppose it's their sponsors and stuff, but I just found it quite funny, like the way they they, they pose with the smartwatch. It's kind of old school, isn't it? Yeah. It's, there's something quaintly sort of mm-hmm. 1970s about yeah. it, you know, like winning winning a joint of meat at the Working Men's <laughs> Club for your Sunday dinner. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it was very funny. Um, it made me laugh anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting, and obviously Barmy Army playing very well. In fact, they're playing at the moment, so I might regret saying that. They're playing well. Um, but it's it's been a really really good tournament so far. 
Um, it has been. I've really enjoyed it. I've liked, on the whole, I've liked the coverage, mm-hmm. although there have been issues with the advertising. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot on Twitter people mentioning this because it, it just gets cut off and there's yeah. adverts. It's yeah. all like life insurance adverts, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what are they trying to tell me? But, um, but like yesterday's game, mm-hmm. yeah. actually the, the final ball was missed. Yeah. So so they cut back from an advert and oh. Sophie Edelson had just got her fifth wicket and the <laughs> game was over. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. No, not good but I, I can understand mm. it's difficult when different tv companies are just exactly. taking the feed aren't they and then yeah. putting their own yeah. adverts in because they want to make some money on it yeah yeah and you know some tv companies do not understand cricket and the need for <laughs> just cutting off halfway through i mean free sport is an amazing channel oh yeah just watching it um yeah i mean that sort of a sidecar motorcycling <laughs> is quite big on there um uh, and and now fair break cricket mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> indeed um so shall we get on to our guest this week yes now i feel like you have been stalking this guest all week i mean i don't want to say i have but when i actually think about it i, I actually have <laughs> <laughs> um so it started with sunday mm-hmm uh, was in the same place as this person for the entire day mm-hmm. because I was obviously at Warwick's finals day. Mm-hmm. Then on Monday, I was in the same place as this person because mm-hmm. I wasn't playing in it. We're not cheaters. Um, I was there at the under 15 schools regional indoor something competition. I don't even know what it's called. Cricket. Uh, cricket, yeah. <laughs> um, doing some work with my school <laughs> where I must say we beat Gwen Davis's school. So must be my amazing coaching um <laughs> so I was there with with Gwen Davis as said the guest mm-hmm. all day and then we have a zoom with her I was like I have a, I don't think I've ever spent this much time with a guest before we've interviewed mm. them like in the week leading mm. up to the interview I think um, she's taken out a high court injunction against you now so. yeah I wouldn't be surprised if there's a restraining order <laughs> <laughs> um it was just it, I don't know it ended up as a coincidence because when we went to this competition, we didn't know the schools that were going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was the winners of the county one, so my school representing Warwickshire, mm-hmm. her school representing Shropshire. Shropshire, mm-hmm. that's it. I forgot the name for a second. So it's all like kind of Midlands counties. Mm-hmm. Um, so you presume they'd be there because obviously they're known for their cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, then she walked in and I was like, oh my gosh. And so in fact, it's probably really bad. I said to the team, I was like, guys, that's Shrewsbury. They're really good. Their coach is a professional cricketer, mm-hmm. okay? Then we got bowled out, like, all out for 28, but then won by three runs. I mean, just saying, but that is some incredible tactics. Um, just, you know, it's at really bad. Oh, we're really bad at batting, but just wait. I'm really good at bowling. It all comes down to good coaching at the end of the day. Obviously, and, you know, Marv's poor and... Sure, you know, I, I led the warm-up, I, I helped them to feather warm-up was really intimidating because in each, like, big net, because at the Edge Bassin Indoor Centre, there are, I think, one, two, three, I think eight lanes, eight oh, lanes. Wow. And so it was split into, like, a four and a four. Mm-hmm. And there were, like, three, four teams warming up on each one. Mm-hmm. And it was just so intimidating. These, I'm not being funny, some of the schools definitely brought over 15s because <laughs> they were really tall. I look younger than them. Uh, but they were just... Like, stumps were clattering and everything I was like oh my gosh and then there was a spalding wide <laughs> but in the actual thing it's fine we got through to the final didn't win not going to Lord's but it's fine um 
it was a really really good day so it doesn't matter um but anyway our guest Gwen <laughs> yes yes she was really interesting I thought mm-hmm. um yeah. so she is a teacher at yeah. Shrewsbury School yeah uh but is also a professional cricketer um for <laughs> two full-time jobs Central Sparks yeah yeah and uh, so, yeah, interesting about mm-hmm. how she gets the balance right um, yeah. uh, with with that life that she's leading. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a really interesting person to talk mm-hmm. to and uh, really good insights into Central Sparks, actually, mm. and, yeah. and that team and really looking forward to seeing how that team develops this season. Yeah, definitely. It, it, I think we both sense it's going to be a really good year for them. Yeah. In fact, I did a um, Charlotte Edwards Cup preview for the Women's Cricket Chat website. And um, spoiler alert, I did put, yeah, Spark's going to take a trophy. Like, I think we've said this before, but on paper, they are such a good team. And now with the addition of Amy Campbell and Abby Freeborn, mm. some strong batting, how are you going to beat them? Yes. How well, so that's them? that's our tip. Yeah. Um, so enjoy this chat with Gwen Davis. <laughs> So what is your cricket story and how did you get from first playing to being a professional cricketer? Um, so my cricket story, I think it's probably uh, like everybody else's really. My um, my family were heavily involved in cricket um, and I have an older brother um, who I idolised when I was younger. Um, I probably st- still do a little bit, um, but you can cut that bit out so he doesn't find out. <laughs> um, so whatever my brother did, I was just two yards behind him. Um, I just followed him in anything that he did. So whether it was football, cricket, rugby, running around the garden, trying to build a tree house, anything he said, oh, let's go and do this. I just said, yep, coming right behind you. Um, so it started from there, really, and just sort of following my brother around and idolising him so much. Um, but then obviously found my own way with the sport and made my own friends. Uh, there was two uh, boys from my home cricket club where every night of the week in the summer we were at the cricket club, uh, whether we were playing one hand on bounce outside the club on the patio or up at the nets actually uh, bowling at beer barrels, I think it was. Um, so when you got out, everybody, the whole ground knew about it because the boys would just like ricochet around the, around the, around the park. But um, yeah, so my dad played for Glamorgan, my uncle Arthur played for Glamorgan as well, um, and I think my uncle played some second eleven stuff for Glamorgan like my, my brother did. So yeah, pretty heavily involved uh, um, in cricket, my family, and so yeah, it started there and I fell in love with it from a very, very early on. Um, but when I got to 18, I was made to choose between football and cricket because I was, I was representing Wales with both of them. Um, and so it was a pretty tough choice because I obviously really enjoyed doing both. And, and when I was younger, they did fit in with each other. But as the game got more professional and, um, and sort of things were taken more seriously, there was camps would sort of cross over and, and start a clash. Um, and so I was on a, a flight back from Scotland, having played for Wales under 17s, I think it was there for football. Um, and I was sat next to the manager and he said to me on the flight, uh, I think you're going to have to choose next year. So, yeah, it was a pretty tough conversation with my dad when I got home. Um, but I think I always knew that cricket was what I wanted to do. It was always my first love, my first passion. And I think I was just technically better at cricket. Um, I was just 
fast as a footballer. I wouldn't say I was very skillful. Um, so, yeah, I uh, chose cricket after that. And I've, that's all I've ever done since I was 18. So obviously now you're a professional. How do you balance teaching and being a professional cricketer? Because essentially it's two full-time professional jobs. Uh, it is, yeah. I get asked this question quite often. Um, it's hard. I won't lie. It's 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 hard work, especially being a, in a in a boarding school. It's it's twenty four seven. It's not just nine to five Monday to Friday or nine to three nine to four. Um, so it gets intense, and obviously both are quite sort of high pressure environments. Um, but I think it's managing my time right so that I do have the downtime away from school and away from from Sparks as well. So. Usually as the summer goes on, now that the uh, Warwickshire County T20s are done, um, the, those times come around on a Sunday. So I find that I just switch off on Sunday. My phone goes in a, in a separate room um, and I just sort of, it's going to sound ridiculously boring, but I actually find things like doing the washing, which you can probably hear my washing machine going absolutely mental on this. Um, but doing things like do my washing, clean the flat, I actually find quite therapeutic because there's nobody else here. <laughs> I've got to sort of have a big group of people around me and I can just put my headphones in and, uh, and just crack on. So if I manage to have that time on the weekend, it, it, it makes it more uh, workable, um, shall I say, during the week then. So I have that downtime to de-stress and then get back on the merry-go-round then on Monday. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, you're a cricket educator, really, aren't you? So how important do you think it is to have female um, cricket educators, cricket coaches, both for boys and, and for girls? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, important. I think with the girls here, I find that um, I'm more sort of uh, an agony aunt sometimes or just a man manager rather than just coaching cricket. Um, I'm lucky that I have some talented senior girls, whereas they don't really need as much coaching. They just need a couple of nudges in, in, in the right direction. Um, but I think that's definitely, if I was to look at my coaching role as a whole, I think I would definitely say that 80% of the job is actually just managing the girls and making sure they're okay or that they're doing something they want to be doing and, and not pushing them into something that they're not interested in or, or, or anything like that. Um, so... Yeah, I think it's definitely important, especially from a female point of view, um, so that they have me as a female um, looking after them in a way, because they, I think for them, as it would have been for me, I suppose, it's more sort of, they see it as, a, or she gets it, she understands, because I've been through it and I'm also a woman and, mm -hmm. and they can relate to it a little bit more. Um, but I think the, do, the girls do respond to male coaches as well, quite well. Um, and they enjoy that sometimes that they're getting that sort of attention because I think there's still this idea of they're taken more seriously sometimes when um, the male coaches sort of come around and say, oh, yeah, I think you should do it this way, that they really respond to that very, very well. Um, so I think, yeah, it's more like Shrewsbury. We, we've got the balance, um, you know, done quite well, really. And throughout the winter, I will help some of the boys as well if Adam Chantry hasn't got time um, to fit. God knows how many cricketers that he's got under his uh, under his care. Um, so yeah, I mean we're, we're man we manage to sort of mix and match and and sort of get stuck in, and you find you get the same amount of respect from the boys as I do from the girls. Um, and so I think we we're definitely in that sort of twenty first century stage now where people aren't really bothered who it is that's coaching them, whether they're male or female, as long as they sort of know what they're talking about and um, 
you know, you, you actually show that you care and you want to make them better cricketers rather than just being there for the certain amount of time that you need to be there for. I, I completely agree. And we've spoken about it before on the podcast, but um, in in fact, last season, um, Thea Brooks at Spark, she was my coach at my club. I, and actually, she was the first female coach I had. And obviously, I love my male coaches. They're great and everything. But it was just that sort of understanding um, and yeah I think we are at a point now where actually it doesn't matter if you have a male or female coach and actually they can both have a very big impact so um, yeah that's that's very positive and um, you've had a very good start to the season with the county championships um, so we were there which games did we go to so we're at the one in Bristol at yes what was the cricket ground was it called oh I can't, I can't oh. remember in the sticks somewhere oh, in Bristol oh. All of us, no, Thornbury, Thornbury. Thornbury, that was the it, yeah. One, yeah. And then we're at finals day on Sunday. I thought it was Saturday and then I got really confused on Sunday. Um, yeah, some really, really good games and obviously great for Warwickshire to win again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we, we we felt we shafted it a bit against Somerset um, in the final. Um, and we sort of, most of us were sat on the sideline thinking, oh, we've worked so hard to get here and we've just thrown it um especially after winning so convincingly against Gloucester and feeling that everything was going our way and we were doing things how we wanted them wanted to do them um but yeah a little bit of a wobble but um we should have always had faith really shouldn't we I mean the strength and depth that we've got at Warwickshire I think we're quite lucky um and it's it was so good for Beth and Rhea to get us over the over the line especially with the fact that we obviously our top three or four are you know, Eve, Marie, Wongi and, and myself, where the middle order, middle to lower order, probably don't get enough opportunity really to actually get in and back because, you know, the, the top three usually do it by themselves. Um, so, yeah, it was just so good for them to, to, to come in and just see us over the line with, you know, for them out there must have been quite, you know, calm and they always knew what they were doing. But <laughs> definitely for us on the boundary rope, we were thinking, oh, God, no. You know what's going to happen here? <laughs> we were quite nervous, but yeah, never in doubt. No, I, I was quite nervous towards the end. In fact, so you left a couple. Well, how many overs? I, yeah, I, I, I had to be somewhere else. So for seven o'clock. So I left about twenty to seven, <laughs> and I just thought, yeah. this is it. you know, Somerset have definitely won yeah. this. And yeah. uh, and then when Polly came home, like she goes, "Where is your run?" I just couldn't, yeah. <laughs> couldn't quite never believe it. Never. <laughs> yeah. Very um, so heading into the regional stuff, obviously you've got quite a similar squad um, for Warwickshire to Spark. So kind of what are your thoughts here? Because there's a few new signings. You've got Abby Freeborn, um, fellow keeper, um, and you've also got Amy Campbell, which is very, very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're pretty excited about the summer ahead. I mean, we were last year, but um, obviously with the addition of Campbell and, uh, and Frebs, I think we're sort of heading into the summer thinking, gosh, like, People could bat anywhere, you know, you could probably turn the turn the order on its head and would still do, you know, quite well. Um, and we bat all the way down. So we're, you know, we're heading into Saturday at Cardiff pretty confident um, and and sort of know that we've got the trust and belief in 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 the entire order, really. You know, we don't really stop at seven or eight. It goes all the way through. So, um, yeah, we're pretty excited. And I think there was um, most of us are training during the week thinking, you know, as we always do, trying to think where people are going to bat and, and so on. And we were sort of like throwing names around. And then somebody said, oh, and uh, and Amy, Amy Jones. And we were like, oh, my God. Yeah. 
and to not even consider her because obviously you know they're away with England quite frequently so we don't really see them as often um but then to think oh yes you know we've got another one to think of and we think oh my god that's crazy that's you know we think we've got a, a, a strong side already and then you throw Amy Jones into the mix and you think wow yeah we're uh, we're pretty confident we're pretty happy with what we've got um but you still got to do it on the day so we'll uh, we'll see how it goes um obviously um, uh, there's a big sort of uh, plus for us that um, Anya's obviously left Western Storm and she's she's gone down south. So that's a sort of a, a big pull for us on the on the on the seam front because she caused a few problems for us last year at Edge Baston. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what we get, but I think yeah, we're definitely very excited to get going. It's, I guess as well, you've got maybe in Eve Jones and Izzy Wong, two players who are really good I mean like on on the cusp of international recognition uh, part of the England A squad uh, but so to have them in in your team and and potentially they're not going to be automatically called or well, I really hope they get called up for England I mean they both deserve it massively but but that's the ideal scenario isn't it to have players who are right on the cusp in in your team but are going to be available for you all the time yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we all hope that that even Izzy get that recognition as soon as possible, really. I mean, you know, there was a lot of us pretty gutted for for Eve last summer because, um, you know, a lot of us sat back and thought, you know, what else has she got to do? But, um, yeah, definitely, you know, it's, it's always good to have cricketers like that. But I think what we have as well is that if they do get called up and they do sort of go up to international duty, we have players in our ranks we have the strength and depth to to be able to fill in for them you know whilst they're away so I think that's what the biggest pull is to Sparks and, and the biggest pro about Sparks is that we do have that strength and depth and we do have players that have been exposed to to this standard already um sort of some of the younger girls like Davina Perrin um and so and Grace Potts now as well is bowling exceptionally well as a frontline steamer um so if Izzy and Eve do get called up we have two fairly strong options in Dav and, and Potsy to, to fill in, you know, when they go away. So, yeah, I mean, of course we don't want to lose them. We, we, we definitely want them in your side. Um, but, you know, with those two to come in, there's there's no worry at all, really. And it's, you know, a great experience for, for Izzy and Eve if they do get called up and we hope that they, they grab it with two hands and really make the most of it. Yeah, talk to me about Davina Perrin because I because we went to the the Sparks warm up game, didn't we? Yeah, at, it's at, and I'd, I'd not seen her play before. She was extraordinary. I mean, mm, she's. She I mean, just so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, as a fielder, just a, 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 amazing. What sort of future do you think she has in the game? I think well, it's it's always hard to um, obviously talk about somebody's future and, and and prospects because you know anything could happen and you don't want to jinx them. You don't want to you know put uh, put a mark on their back really or anything like that. Um, but she certainly is a special talent. Um, she has been from a very young age. So we've known of Dav for at least two or three years now, and she came through the uh, um, Central Sparks ranks as a very very young um, star really. So. Yeah, I mean, she's an unbelievable talent. She's a great fielder. Um, obviously, she's a fantastic option for us at the top of the order as a right-handed batter. Um, seeing as we're 
we're like an old school West Indian side with millions of left-handers in our order. Um, but um, no, Dav is, is certainly a, a fantastic prospect for us and one, like I said earlier, that we can sort of um, nourish and, and be able to fill in for someone like Eve at the top of the order when, if and when Eve goes away. Um, but she's actually, she bowls leg spin and medium pace both equally very well. So she is just one of those people, a little bit like Jacob Bethel, on the boys' side of things, just a one in a million sort of talent, and that hopefully she does go all the way, and and that sort of stays with her, um, you know, however far she goes. But I think the best thing for people like Dav is just for people to back off and and let her just flourish, because um, that's the only issue is we found with with Izzy, you get young talent that's x-factor material everybody wants a piece of them um so it's managing them right and, and protecting them almost and sort of keeping um everyone else out, out of the way so that they can just concentrate on on being the best cricketer that they can be yeah it's extraordinary just watching her because you forget her age i mean she's in year 10 yeah. which is yeah. just it's crazy, crazy. but but put yeah, her yeah. on a team like that and she looks just like everyone else you know yeah just another female player, you know, could be course, the same yeah. age as you, but but it fits in seamlessly. You know, but she's a child. It's it's, it's yeah. extraordinary. So yeah, I was I was really excited to see her play, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We don't want to get too excited. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, an amazing prospect. Obviously, um, this summer the hundred returns, um, and you're staying with Birmingham Phoenix, which is very exciting. Um, yeah. And again, the Birmingham Phoenix squad look incredibly strong. Obviously. So to find Elise Perry finally coming over. Um, so what are your thoughts on her? Very, very exciting. Yeah, uh, like you say, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, we were pretty excited last year when they obviously first got announced. Uh, and then COVID uh, obviously got in the way, as it so very well does. Um, so, yeah, for them to definitely come this year, uh, I hope. Um, we're pretty chuffed. I mean, I've played, I've been very lucky to be able to play with Sophie Devine previously with Warwickshire um, when she used to come over in, in obviously the uh, winter months for, for New Zealand. Um, and she is an unbelievable uh, cricketer, but I think more so she's just an unbelievable human being. She's a fantastic leader and someone that you definitely want to be looking up to. Um, just her work ethic and and the way she just carries herself um she is a, a gem of a human being um and i'm i've heard you know pretty similar about elise perry as well i've never met her um but i'm definitely looking forward to um so yeah I've, it's gonna be a crazy summer i think it's just absolutely hectic obviously with the commonwealth games and and then the uh, 100 and then obviously once that once that finishes we've got to go back to um the rhf trophy so it's going to be a bit non-stop, but um, I'm sure it will come with a ridiculous amount of fun as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Commonwealth Games, obviously, we're in Birmingham. So that is extremely exciting. In fact, we've yeah. got tickets for, I think, most of the cricket games. Quite, we've, quite a lot, yeah. Yeah, we've been, uh, <laughs> been a bit all out for it. As much as the budget. Well, that's the best way to spend yeah, I mean, I, I think it's such an opportunity for the women's game, isn't it? Because there's no men's cricket at the Commonwealth Games and there's a free-to-air platform it, within the context of a, of a wider games event. I just think the audience that it could attract will be immense, both in the stadium and, you know, globally on TV.
Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be um, interesting to see how it goes, really, as a, as you say, as a standalone event, uh, event sorry. Um, you know, because with 100, obviously, initially they thought about separating the girls from the boys and COVID sort of forced us into a back, you know, back-to-back double-header situation. But I think it was, um, you know, definitely the right thing in the end because it, it made things more exciting. And I think it exposed people that may not have been interested in the past to come, uh, you know, they came sort of half an hour early for the men's games to make sure they got their seats on time or got a drink on time or whatever, and caught sort of the back end of our games and thought, you know what, this is actually not that bad. And obviously we were, we must have been quite exciting. Um, I'm not sure whether that was our cricket or whether that was even Marie's dancing on the stage, but... Um... <laughs> Um, no, it was it was so good to see more and more crowds sort of building as the tournament went on. So post that experience, it'd be really good to see what the crowds are like for the Commonwealth now that it's a standalone event for the girls and there's no sort of men's cricket before or after. So I think it will be a good good sign and a good sort of um, yeah way to figure out how much of an effect the hundred really did have on on women's cricket. I think as well with COVID being less of an issue this year as well, there's more chance to build a kind of one club mentality around the men's and women's 100 as well and, and have a bit more kind of fluidity between the teams in, in terms of, you know, support and and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And I think that those sorts of images to see men supporting the women's game, women supporting the men's game, I think are hugely beneficial for the whole of cricket. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think even from, you know, behind closed closed doors, you know, in the change rooms and and around the matches, we sort of experienced that definitely. You know, there was, I remember a game where we played uh, the originals at Old Trafford and we'd just come off, we just obviously narrowly just won that game. Um, And we'd come off the field and we were heading back into the change rooms where the guys were sort of three doors down away from our change room getting changed as well. And... um, Abdahar obviously bowled very, very well in that game and sort of took, I think, a three for or four for. Um, and as she was walking into the change room, Imran Tahir was like calling her over and was like, oh, Abdahar, Abdahar. And I remember her going, how does he know my name? <laughs> and it was just like crazy. And he honestly stood there for 10, 15 minutes talking to her about googlies, leg spin, flippers and how he bowls them. And he literally had a ball in his hand and was showing her his different hand action and where he'd hold it. And and it's just stuff like that where you think, yeah, that's that's amazing. That's what cricket's all about. So as you say, the the men and women being alongside each other and being one club, it certainly definitely was that behind the scenes. Um, and the guys were sitting next to us having conversations over breakfast, supper, whatever. Um, and they'd come in and say, well played, you know, because they'd genuinely watched it. So... Yeah, the, the game has definitely grown and it was just awesome to see that the guys were genuinely interested and not sort of, you know, oh, well, we're more important. You just go to the side. So, um, yeah, it was just pure amazing, really. No, that's so good to hear because, yeah, I suppose from the outside, we don't see those sort of moments. Um, but it's good to hear that they they happen because that is very important. Um, and to wrap up, what is the best game of cricket you've ever played? Oh, that is a hard question. Um, God. 
I have quite a sweet. I'm not sure if it's obviously it wasn't the best game of cricket that I played because I can't remember actually what happened. Um, but there was a um an occasion where uh whilst I was at university, I was at Loughborough, and my brother was at Cardiff Uick. Um and his side had made the Lord's final, Lord's Bucks final, the same day that I'd made the Lord's Bucks final as well with um, Loughborough. And my brother was playing on the main ground and I was playing on the nursery ground on the exact same day. And mum and dad were stood um, beneath this, you know, the, uh, the massive media centre at Lord's. <laughs> they, they didn't, they, obviously they couldn't sit down because they were stood um, underneath the media centre, sort of like walking back and forth between both pitches, trying to look each way to see what was going on. So that is definitely my favourite cricketing memory. The fact that I get, got to play alongside my brother at Lord's and mum and dad were there to see it all and... Yeah, that was a pretty sweet memory. But um, best game of cricket, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, any game that goes down to a nail-biter, really, um, even though at the time my heart's going at about 200 mile an hour and I'm trying to keep it in my chest, um, they're definitely the games, especially if you win the other end of it, you come out and you think, oh, my God, this is why I play this sport. This is crazy. Um, so yeah, I think you know Sunday was definitely one of those moments. But any game like that where you think, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the game at Old Trafford before I got hit in the hip thanks to uh, Kate Cross. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I was sort of batting well and I sort of dug us out of a situation a little bit and gave Abdahar and Kirsty something to bowl at and managed to when they came back in the changing room afterwards, having taken something like seven or eight wickets between them. And they gave me a sort of tap on the shoulder. And I think, yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> the, the ball to the hip bone is worth it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Gwen. That's that's absolutely brilliant to, to no hear from you. And I dare say we'll um, we'll see you playing for Sparks at some point over, uh, over the summer. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. We'll no, you thank you for having me on. Okay. Um, I don't know what to say now, Polly, because I'm not allowed to say. Last time. <laughs> um, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just sounded a bit like news presentery or like almost, I was about to say funeral last time, <laughs> but you like, um, you know, it like some sort of after dinner speech. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Over formal announcement. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. You can... Thanks, Gwen. That was great. <laughs> That sounds like a teacher now. Very teachery. But I am a teacher. Yeah, but it's the podcast. Um, have we got another guest lined up for next week? Uh, yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, that'll be good. <laughs> and we'll also have a little bit of report back on the first round of matches from Charlotte yes. Edwards Cup. Yeah. And we'll know who's won fair break. Yes, we will. As well. We'll find out whether Heather Knight will be keeping wicket for England this oh, season. Oh, we didn't mention that. That was... She's, she's keeping wicket today as well. She, oh my god! I thought it was a prank, right? <laughs> so I went on to Twitter, and I think the Barmy Army tweeted it. Obviously, the Barmy Army like they like to pull your leg, whatever. So it's something about keeping. I was like, what? Um, and then I was like, oh wait! And I saw all these videos of her keeping, and there's this video, and someone memed it <laughs> about something to do with like when Mum says dinner's ready, and like, with the oven gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this is so good. Um, 
But honestly, is there anything she can't do? It's just crazy. Trev, we know you're a big fan of the pod. <laughs> get in touch. Oh, we'll have you on. If we get her on, that would actually make my year, I think. Um, but yeah, so next week we'll be back with another guest. We'll have lots to talk about. Um, but in the meantime, you can follow our social media. So that's North Child Podcast everywhere. Apart from Twitter, which is OO Child Podcast. Um, you can email us, northchildpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send anything interesting. Don't send hate. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs>